Okay, let's go back to this place, I believe, one more time here. Philippians 3, verse 3. Philippians 3, verse 3. Hallelujah. While you're getting that, you know, in our last time we were here Wednesday night, and we closed out, the Lord just uh, took us into this prayer time uh, last Wednesday night and just declaring and decreeing some things and breaking some things. And I said, I would look forward to hearing some testimonies. And, uh, you know, I got one Saturday. Had a young man testify to me on Saturday about how last Wednesday night, while we were in this time, he was watching online. He wasn't even here, watching online from another city. And uh, I met him here on Saturday. And he said how God delivered him from drugs and alcohol right that night. Boy, that's big. That's big. Just, I mean, in that time, we were in here praying and decreeing some things, declaring some things, and breaking some things in here that night. And he got delivered from drugs and alcohol that night. Come on, if that, that was your son or your brother, you'll be... Really happy, wouldn't you? If that was your dad, wouldn't you be happy? That's our brother in the Lord, and we're happy about what happened to him that night. Amen. So, um, you know that that told him. I said that encouraged me. Amen. And so again, I'm looking to hear from you all testimonies of what God did in that night. Amen. What things are broken over your lives and what things uh, God put together on that night. Amen. Amen. All right. Philippians 3, verse 3. You got it? Okay, let's start at verse 1. We'll start there. Philippians 3, 1 through 3. Let's read together. Ready? Read. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write same thing to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. We're on part three. Put no confidence in the flesh. Father God, tonight I thank you for this word. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the word, this message with your people. I ask that, Father, that God, you speak through me tonight. Give me words and that I have not spoken, Lord, thoughts that I have not thought. Lord, say things in my heart that I have not heard already, and I pray, Father, that you give me clarity to speak your word to your people, and that your people, Lord, have the clarity to understand the word of God that's coming from heaven's throne. And I pray, Father, that there will be no hindrance, or distractions of the word of God, that there will be a free flow. Let your word flow freely and be glorified among the people we pray. In Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. All right, take your seats tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, so we've been talking about putting no confidence in the flesh. And I've been starting each of these messages the last two weeks talking about how we're not normal, right? We're, of this, we're not uh, of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world, right? So you and I are totally abnormal. And I don't mean that in some kooky, goofy, uh, straight jacket kind of way. I'm talking about the fact that because we're not from here, we have a different way of living. We're, we're, we're supposed to have a different way of thinking, Right? 
Romans 12, 2, but don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed, what? So you and I are supposed to think differently. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you and I think differently, then we will act differently. We'll expect differently, right? And things in our lives ought to look much different than they do for those people in the world. Because you and I are totally abnormal. Amen? We are a peculiar nation. Peculiar people. Peculiar. Strange. Not strange in the sense that we need to be, um, you know, uh, hospitalized. I'm talking about strange in the sense that we are different. We stand out. Remember I shared with you our citizenship is in heaven? Right? So we're different. And God wants us to live differently. Can you say amen? First Corinthians chapter 3, I want to show you something over here, please. Because although we're called to live differently, most believers don't know this because when we get born again, we go from natural men to carnal men. And if you don't ever mature, then you stay as a carnal man, a carnal woman. Now, the word carnal means fleshy. It means fleshy. In fact, you, the word carne, you know, if you think Spanish or other languages, we know it, it's talking about meat. So when you actually look at the word carnal from the Greek, it literally translates to meathead. That's literally what it is. It's, it's a meathead. When you think carnally, it's, it's a meathead. Wasn't that, was that all in the family? Was that all in the family? Archie Bunk used to call uh, his son-in-law meathead. How many of y'all are old enough to remember Archie Bunker and all in the family? Meathead. And so what we have in the body of Christ are a whole lot of meatheads walking around who are still living like the world, acting like the world going through the same troubles as the world Go and, and responding to troubles the same way as the world does. That's meathead kind of living. That's not the living that's designed for us. But you and I have to grow up. We have to mature. Tell your neighbor you got to grow up. All right, 1 Corinthians 3, are, there, are you there? Look at what it says here. He says, and our brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to what? carnal or carnal people as to babes, babies in Christ. A lot of babies in the body of Christ. I mean, you're in, praise God. You're going to heaven, praise the Lord, but you're a baby. In other words, you're going to have a rough time on your way to heaven because you're a baby. All right, I'll keep going. I fed you with milk and not with solid food because babies don't eat solid food, right? You're not supposed to feed babies. You're six months old shouldn't be eating solid food. End up big as a house. Praise God. <laughs> Childhood diabetes and everything. <laughs> Look at this. For until now you were not able to receive it. Receive the solid food. And even now you are, you are still not able. Verse 3, watch this. For you are still what? Still a meathead. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal? Now watch this last part. And behaving like mere men. So notice he says you're carnal and you behave like mere men. Mere men. So there's a way mere men, mere, mere, let's say that uh, just men. 
behave like you're just men. You behave like you're just a human. He says you're behaving. Now notice he's talking to, to people in the body of Christ saying you're behaving like you're just a human. Now the most church folk, they would say, well, I am a human. I am a man. I'm just a man. But no, 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 no. You might be uh, born a man or born a woman, but when you get born again, that which is born of the spirit, John 3 verse 6, is now spirit. So because you're not born of the spirit now, you're supposed to be not, not a mere man or a mere woman. And certainly not behaving like a mere man or a mere woman. If any man be in Christ, come on. He's a what? So if any man be in Christ is a new creation, which means you're not a man anymore. Or you're not a mere man anymore. You're a new creation. You're a, that, that creation literally means you're a whole new species. It didn't say you're a better person, a better man. You're a new which means you're something now that you were not before. Not better. Not improved. New. Okay. All right, I'll keep going. So you're a new person. So you're not supposed to behave now like that mere man or that mere woman. We've been changed. We've been changed. He says, but because you're still carnal... You're behaving like mere men. Y'all see that? Now, I want you to do me a favor, please, media, and switch to the Amplified Classic Translation, please. Uh, 3, 1 through 3, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, from the Amplified Classic. All right? Let's see what it says here. It says, however, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men. Men of the flesh. You see that? So he's identifying to us, the Amplified Bible rather, is identifying to us what it means by carnal. Men of the flesh. In whom the carnal nature predominates. So mere people, mere men and women, the flesh still runs your life. Pastor, I couldn't help myself. That's because you're still acting like a mere man. You're still acting like a mere woman. Well, Pastor, I'm struggling. That's because you keep resorting or relegating or allowing that flesh nature to, st to still dominate your life. You've got to crucify that flesh daily. Come on now, help me out. You've got to crucify that flesh how often? Daily. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies. Romans 12.1, a living sacrifice. But sacrifice that body. Make that body obey you. Y'all gonna make me really preach hard enough. Make that body obey you. Don't let the body tell you what to do. Where to go. What you're gonna have. How you, how you gonna feel today. He says, men of the flesh in whom the carnal nature predominates as to mere infants. Notice what he's, that's, that's, that's hard, boy. As to mere infants, little babies in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. That's, that's immaturity right there. Unable to talk yet. Now, babies do talk, don't they? But it's, it's not intelligible. 
It's, it's not intelligible. It's ineffective babbling. So when you're a baby and the flesh controls your life, all your talk is ineffective babbling. But we're growing up tonight, aren't we? I said we're growing up tonight, aren't we? Okay, verse two, please, verse two. He says, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet you are not strong enough to be ready for it. Verse three, here we go. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. If it feels good, do it. I did it my way. A mind is telling me no. Huh? See, these are ordinary impulses of the flesh. Of ordinary people. Common man. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh? Behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere, here it is, unchanged men. Mere, you're behaving like mere unchanged men. Now you have been changed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You've been changed. But you have to now walk out that change. Walk out that new life. Can you say amen, somebody? Hallelujah. Don't let your flesh dictate anything to you. Your flesh will demand that you be sick and you lay down. Your flesh, <laughs> your flesh will say we can't walk. But the Bible says walk in the spirit. Pastor, you're reaching now. I know it. I know it. Walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk by faith and not by sight. By sight means by the flesh. See, your, your flesh will tell you what it cannot do. Your flesh will tell you where it cannot go. But you have to crucify this flesh and stop acting like mere unchanged men. Praise God. So I got I to gotta mature. I got to grow up. Right? Romans 8, 14. As men is led by the Spirit of God. These are what? The sons of God. Right? Put, up, put Romans uh, 8 up there. Let's go. Start at verse 12, please. Romans 8, verse 12. Look at that. Look, look what it says. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Are y'all saying that? Is it on the screen? Yes. Okay, therefore, brethren, we are debtors. You don't owe the flesh anything. 
Y'all missed that. You don't owe the flesh anything. Oh, I just need to sleep right now. You don't owe the flesh anything. Oh, but you worked so hard. You deserve a, you deserve to buy a car and get in debt up to your balls. You don't owe the flesh anything. I better come back over here. You don't owe the flesh anything. Oh, you worked hard. You need to just, just relax. Just don't go to church next week. The whole week. Won't flesh tell you that? How do I know? Because the flesh has told me that. As your pastor, the flesh has told me, you know, you need to go today. My flesh told me that this morning. I got up, and the flesh said, you don't need to go today. Just put out on a little app. No, no, no prior today. But I don't owe the flesh anything. Now, you know, whoever you owe controls you. That's why the Bible doesn't want you in debt to any man, because whoever you owe controls you. So if you owe the flesh, then the flesh controls you. But you don't owe the flesh anything. So the flesh can't control you. So since I don't owe the flesh anything, I'm not in debt to it to live according to the flesh. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. For if you live according to the flesh, verse 13, you will what? We better read that again because I don't know if y'all saw that. For if you live according to the flesh, you will what? Die. This time you read it. Ready, go. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Is that, is that plain? Is, do y'all do need interpretation of that? You need a revelation from that? Okay. So if, if I live according to the flesh, I will die. Period. Now, colon, I mean, semicolon, but, you know, we could just say period, point blank. So I don't want to do that. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, now he says body, but it's still talking about flesh. That word body probably in, in, the, in the Greek, there's the Greek word soma. The deeds of the body you will live. Verse 14, for as many. See why we had to go back? For as many. As are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So if you're led by the flesh, he said you're not a son of God. Well, I'm born again. But that word son here, it means a mature child, a matured, a grown child. Amen? You don't give your three-year-old keys to your car. You don't want to give your 60-year-old keys to the car. But you, it's okay if you give your 16-year-old, your 18-year-old keys to the car, right? Right? Your 18-year-old. You, you, okay. There are things that you allow the 18-year-old to do that the 8-year-old cannot do. Because the 18-year-old has matured enough to handle it. Because the 8-year-old is going to get in the car and pretend like he's in a video game. He's going to drive like this. He don't know you don't actually drive like that. Y'all got this here? 
He's going to be playing subway surfers in the car, you know. All right. So as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Do me a favor. Let's look at Romans 8, 12 through 14. Are y'all okay? Okay. Romans 8, 12 through 14. Let's switch to the message paraphrase, please. The message paraphrase. Look at what it says here. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? Did you catch that? The old do-it-yourself. That's what the flesh is. The flesh is do-it-yourself. The flesh doesn't want to submit to God. The flesh, that's what all this, all this humanism is all about. It's man trying to figure things out and work things out themselves. So the flesh is always do it yourself. That's what the Bible has to tell us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt us in due time, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Right? So we don't owe this old do it yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial. Talking about an old life, that old flesh. Give it a decent burial. Crucify it daily. And get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons or calling you. Notice what it says. There are things to do and places to go. Oh, y'all didn't get it. There are things to do and places to go. In the spirit, there are things to do and places to go. But what he's saying is, if you stay trapped in this flesh life, this do-it-yourself life, you'll never do the things God wants you to do. You'll never go to places that God wants you to go. And the flesh do-it-yourself, the flesh... Okay, here, here's another thing about, about a, a child. You ever, you ever had a child, uh, especially a, a kindergartner or, or a preschooler, uh, who uh, they, they, their shoes are untied and uh, they, they, they think they've learned and, and you're trying to help them tie their shoes and they're going to keep telling you how they got it? And, and, and the more they got it, the more they prove they don't got it. Any of y'all ever had little kids or, or work with preschoolers and the more you try to help them, the more they mess things up, the more they, they tie things into a knot? They might tie their own shoes together. What's happening? They are do-it-yourselfers. <laughs> and they can't do what they need to do or go where they need to go because they're stuck in do-it-yourself mentality. Hallelujah. So there are things to do. I love it. There are things to do and places to go. <laughs> Dr. Seuss wrote a book. It was a Dr. Seuss book. All the places where we'll go. Y'all remember that one? This happens if we're led by the Spirit. Look at Psalm 32, verse 8 and 9 in the Passion Translation. Psalm 32, 8 and 9 in the Passion Translation. Look at what it says here. Hallelujah. It says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. You see, there are things to do and places to go. 
This is who, he's leading those who are, who are led by the spirit. They're going to go where God wants them to go. Says so, so don't make it difficult. He says, don't make, uh, don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Can you see that? So God is trying to take us beyond our natural capacity. He's going to take us somewhere where we cannot go on our own. And if you and I keep acting like we can do it on our own and put in confidence in our degree, put in confidence in our expertise, put in confidence in our experience, put in confidence in our connections, put in confidence in who we know, then we're, all we're going to do is go round and round in circles and never get back to where God wants us to be. And this is what God had to deal with through Paul, the Corinthian church about. They were carnal, childish, fleshy, and God couldn't do for them and in them and through them what he needed to do. And I don't want us to be limiting God in what he can do in us, through us, and for us. Y'all got it? All right, now, Philippians 3.3, 3, our main text. We've been on this now. You, you understand the background about this, right? So Paul is teaching his uh, beloved Philippian partners about uh, telling them to beware of a group we call the Judaizers. Right? The Judaizers are those who they're going to tell those, the people who've gotten born again, well, it's great that you're born again, but you still need, need to be circumcised and you still need to keep the, keep the law. All right? Now, we know that's not true. We read in Galatians how circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation or but Christ, right? Faith working through love, right? That's all that matters. And so for us, our application is not mixing the faith and law because we don't deal with that for the most part, right? What we deal with is not mixing, not mixing uh, the word of God or not mixing the spirit of God or the voice of the spirit, not mixing the blood of the name with our own works, our own flesh. It's us not, not allowing the flesh to get in the way. Again, what, what happens is God's going to lead us somewhere great, but the flesh always will rise up and either make us draw back or get ahead of God. Am I right about it? Your flesh will, the flesh cannot please God. That's what the Bible says. So, so, so they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So when you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. Because the flesh is going to always draw back from God's word, pull back, or it's always going to always go ahead of God, get ahead of God, and do things their own, uh, your own way. So we've got to tell this flesh, no, 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 no. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to listen to his voice. I'm going to listen to his spirit and do only what he tells me to do. Y'all got this here. Okay, so Philippians 3, verse 3. Let's go and let's see that in the Amplified Classic. Philippians 3, verse 3 in Amplified Classic. We saw this last week. I just want to bring it back to you again. Philippians 3, 3, Amplified Classic. says, for we Christians are the true circumcision who worship God in the spirit and by the spirit of God and exalt and glory and pride ourselves in Jesus Christ and put no confidence or dependence on what we are. 
Y'all got this here. No confidence or dependence on what we are. Wonderful that you have degrees, more degrees than a thermometer. That's wonderful. Wonderful you've got a, a you know, wonderful loaded 401k. Wonderful. That's great. But you can't put your confidence in that. Oh, my. On what we are in the flesh and on our privileges and physical advantages and external appearances. Okay? Um, can I do something here? Let, let me go back to the New King James. I want to show you something here. This, this just came up in my spirit. Go back to verse 3 in the New King James here. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick up from there. Because this is, I want you to see how Paul applies this to his own life. Are you there? For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. He says, verse 4, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. Now he says, if anybody should have confidence in the flesh, it should be me. If anybody has these um, uh, external appearances, physical advantages, outward privileges, it's me. Watch what he says here. He says, though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm more also. He said, huh, you think you're bad? Correction, honey, I know I'm bad. Y'all grew up, grew up, remember that? Hula, hula, who thinks they bad? You remember that? Now, I, well, I think I'm bad because Jill is my name and, you know, the, the kids used to do that at the bus stop. The girls used to have like this, you know, back in the days of double dutchy. I remember back in the days when, remember back when kids used to play outside? Remember, remember before they had cell phones and they were stuck on like this all day long? They played outside. You know, they did Miss Mary, Mac, 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 all dressed in black, black with silver buttons all down her back. Rocks in the treetop all day long, puffing and a puffing and a sing. Okay, all right, all right. This is all the things learned learn at the bus stop. Okay, that's before they had cell phones. Now, kids sitting right next to each other and they texting each other, right next to each other. So Paul says in verse 4, if you think you're bad, anybody who should have some pride in their flesh is me. Y'all see this? Now watch, watch his resume he starts going down. Verse 5, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin. 
a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I mean, I'm the upper echelon of Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee, which means he's top notch in terms of learning and applying the law. They held everybody else to a standard beyond even the Ten Commandments. They had all these laws that God had written, plus they had all these other laws that they put in. He said, a Pharisee, he said concerning the law, a Pharisee. Verse 6, you think you're bad? He said, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. If ain't well, nobody more zealous about this thing than me. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. I kept the law to a T. What are you doing? He's talking about how people have this confidence in the flesh. He said, if anybody should have confidence in the flesh, it's me. Verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. For the anointed one and his anointing. Yes, Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having, come on, my own, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So it says all this fleshly pedigree, fleshly credentials, I count it as rubbish. I think King James might use the word dung. Is that right? D-U-N-G, dung? Now I'm not sure if you know what dung is, but you don't want to get, get your shoes, get it on your shoes. Whatever neighborhood you live in, you want to encourage people to pick up after their dogs. Because that's what dung is. He says, all my natural, material, external advantages that I thought I had, it means nothing. That I might attain unto Christ. Y'all see this here. Okay, let me get back here. Let me get back here. Because he's telling us that the flesh... Profits nothing. Remember John 6, 63, Jesus says it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Now listen to me. Now we're, we're, um, we got to really step over into this thing here. Remember what he said back early in 1 Corinthians 3, about you're behaving like mere men. So God does not expect you and me, his people, to behave, live like, operate like mere men. So we've got to step over into this new man or what we call new creation reality. Okay? So we, that, that requires... Uh, a shifting in our minds. 
I'm, I'm trying to ease you into this because I'm, you know, you, you say stuff and hopefully you can handle it. Um, doctors and medicine don't give life. See how y'all, see how y'all respond? <laughs> okay. Life comes from God. You see, and what has happened in, in the last two years, we've seen this medical mountain uh, rise to a dominant place in the world. In fact, I don't even know if you realize what's happening now. Even now, as we, you know, we see what's happened with uh, this pandemic that's been around the last couple of years, that the World Health Organization has uh, proposed this pact, this treaty with all nations, to force all nations to come under the rule of WHO, World Health Organization that they will be able to dictate and determine course of action. Whereas, and it seems like the people who are in the, in, uh, occupying the White House right now are going along with it that this sounds good, but they don't realize at that point you give up America's sovereignty. Nations are signing on because people are afraid. People have put their trust in medicine and doctors. Hello. Hello. Now the issue is, is I expect that from the world, but the problem is the church is doing the same thing. The church is behaving like mere men. Mm -hmm. It's quiet in the Seventh-day Adventist church tonight. The church is behaving like mere men. You see? But God never meant for you to get your life or sustain your life from medicine and doctors. Preach, man of God. Preach. Put Acts 17.25 up, please, in the CEV. Acts 17.25 in the, in the contemporary English version. Acts 17.25. Hallelujah. This is about God. Start with verse 24. Start with verse 24. This God, this is Paul is there at Areopagus and he's seeing these people, all these worshiping all these gods and he's trying to, you know, they, they're worshiping this unknown God. He said, let me talk to you about this God that you don't know. Let me explain to you this God that you don't know. He says, this God, this God made the world and everything in it. He is Lord of heaven and earth and he doesn't live in temples built by human hands. Look at this. He doesn't need help from anyone. He gives life, breath, and everything else to all people. He doesn't need anybody's help. Now, I know this is rubbing a lot of people wrong the way, so I got I to gotta kind of be slow how I do this. He, he, he doesn't need anybody's help. Now again, when I say these things, I'm not, I'm not discrediting the work of doctors. 
I'm not discrediting medicine. I'm not discrediting that. What I'm saying to you is that you and I are not supposed to behave like mere men where that's what we resort to. Because what's happening in the body of Christ is, is in the body of Christ, the body of the anointed one and his anointing, people have not tapped into that anointing and they keep tapping into the devil's, excuse me, into medicine, into, into, into the healthcare world first and, and then as a church to pray for me while I'm on this, on this pill. Now, I understand. Now, uh, uh, the Lord gave my wife a revelation several years ago and, and it helped me out. You know, that, that thank God for doctors and medicine because of what they do serve to do is keep you alive until faith comes. Amen. Keep you alive until faith comes. But you got to let faith come. And don't live off doctors and medicine the rest of your life. And I mean, how long are you going to be on that high blood pressure medicine? How long are you going to take that cholesterol pill? I mean, how long are you going to take that liver, you know? How long? For your whole life? Hello? Hello? See, that's behaving like mere men. That's what mere men do. Now again, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm trying to pick you up and say, hey, okay, all right, praise God. You, you've done that. You're alive. All right, praise God. Now let's work on, let's work on, on, on coming out of that. <clears throat> Microphone on. Let's work on coming out of that. See, people have, have just settled on, this is my lot in life. And what they've done is, they put their confidence in the flesh. In the flesh. And the flesh profits nothing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to say this, and it's worth recording in your memory bank. Healing never comes with confidence in the flesh. Healing never comes with or from confidence in the flesh. Healing never comes from confidence in the flesh. There's one woman in of blood who 12 years spent all she had from physician to physician. She's got confidence in the flesh until it just did, it didn't work anymore. She grew worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well or I shall be made whole. 
she changed, she switched her confidence from the flesh to the anointing. And she got her healing when she tapped into the anointing. The flesh kept making her worse. Man, man, man. There's some good teaching right here. I don't care how much y'all get quiet on me. This is some good teaching right here. Because that flesh will never profit. Hallelujah. Your faith, listen to me, for you to get your healing, your faith has to reject symptoms. Your faith has to ignore symptoms. Your faith has to ignore your flesh. Now you're talking to somebody who's been healed before. Without doctor's help. My wife and I both left, uh, you know, secular work in 2002, June 2002. That's 20 years almost. Next month will make 20 years, babe. 20 is a good thing we had just started, you know, learning about faith. And then we went on a crash course on faith at that point. Because when you work, walk out a secular job, ain't no insurance to have. Ain't no, ain't no, you ain't going to run no doctor of everything. You just, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. At that time, two children. And then two more came along. And we've watched. They'll tell you time and time again, just being healed without doctors. Y'all looking at me like I'm speaking Swahili. I'm going to start clicking on y'all. Maybe y'all understand me if I start speaking something. <laughs> I'm just telling you from my life experience, my, our life experiences, that we've walked out healings time and time and time and time again. Without God needing help from anybody. Because he's the one who gives life, breath, and everything else to all people. Hallelujah. Well, what about when Pastor Kim, what about when she had that torn Achilles? Uh, you had a torn Achilles. Y'all went to the doctor then? Yes, we did, because that was an injury. That was an injury. And guess what? They didn't help. Torn Achilles couldn't walk. Couldn't stand up. With a torn Achilles, the doctors couldn't help. Or they, they could have. They said they could have. They wanted to help. Their way. And God said, no, we're going to do this another way. People tell their Achilles they got to go through all kind of major surgery. Months and months, more surgery, months and months and months and months of rehab, rehab, rehab. And you look at her today. Walking, leaping, praising God. That wearing those high heels. Why? Because God gives life, breath, and all things. He doesn't need help from anybody. 
Now, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying to you is, you, you and I have to say, you know, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life like a mere man. All right. See, your faith rejects the flesh symptoms. Your faith doesn't let the flesh tell it what to think. You know, the Bible says over in Joel, chapter 3, verse 10, the end of it says, let the weak say I'm strong. Now, it says let the weak say I'm strong. Now, if you're weak, you're weak. Your body is weak. Your flesh is weak. Yet it said let the weak say I'm strong, which means you got to say something opposite than what your flesh tells you. Oh, you better do that. See, it's one thing. So we got, we got to really get these mouths right. It's one thing to say, uh, I don't feel well, or, rather than to say, I'm sick. What is it? Isaiah 33, 24. I'm going to see it. Put up Isaiah 33. We have Isaiah. Put up Isaiah 33, verse 24. Let's see, let's see how it says it. Isaiah 33, 24. This might help me, help me out tonight. Isaiah 33, 24. Do we have Isaiah 33, 24? Maybe we don't have, okay. Yeah, I, I liked it, yeah. And the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell on it will be forgiven their iniquity. Go back to the CEV because I like the way the CEV just said it before, before you change. The Lord will forgive your sins. None of you will say, I feel sick. That's, that's all right. Are y'all hearing this? See, your flesh wants to dictate to you what you say, how you feel, what you do. See, we're way past now just not fornicating. I better come over here. I said we're way past here not fornicating. I don't need to make eye contact with everybody in the church. Because I'm trusting that you and your saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, fire, baptized, speaking in tongues, self, are already past fornicating. We're not tricking. We're not doing that kind of stuff. We're not out smoking weed and all that kind of stuff. We already got, we got past that, right? Come on, Baptist people. We, we passed that, right? Check I'm checking it out. Pentecostal church. Okay, now, but what about walking out this new creation reality? That when the devil is attacking our bodies, or attacking our finances, or attacking our marriages, attacking our children, attacking us in any area of our lives, do we let the flesh tell us how to respond? Or do we put our, our confidence in fleshly means of, of responding? Or do we say, you know what, I'm going to tap into this anointing? 
First Timothy 4, 8, CEV. Watch this. First Timothy 4, 8, CEV. I got about five minutes. Let's, let's finish this up here. First Timothy 4, 8 in the CEV. Because I talked about healing and medicine, doctors and medicine, rather. But I can even talk about diet and exercise. Because diet and exercise don't give you life. I know somebody said amen, Pastor, amen. Look what it says here. As the saying goes, exercise is good for your body. Tell your neighbor, exercise is good for your body. Tell them again. One more time for the Holy Ghost. You can, if you have to tell them again, tell them again. Okay. But religion or your walk with God helps in every way. It promises life now and forever. These words are worthwhile and should not be forgotten. In other words, what it's saying is, exercise that doesn't give life. Your, your healthy eating, that's not what gives life. Now, we should do both. But don't put confidence in either one. Hello? Okay, we should do both. Exercise and eat properly. Right? But you don't put confidence in either one. Because it's still the flesh. There are people who, they put all their confidence in their exercise routine. And their vegetarian lifestyle. Wonderful. And they still stroke out. This guy who was the, the health... Um, he was the workout guy for Oprah Winfrey years ago. Yeah, Doc Bob, whatever, Doc Bob something. And, I mean, just had a heart attack. He didn't die, thank God. But had a heart attack. I mean, just the healthiest, most fit guy you ever see. See, so it's not the flesh. All right, let me. Okay. Let me close right here. Let me close right here. Go to 2 Chronicles 32. It's Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 32. It's right after 1 Chronicles, rather. <laughs> 2 Chronicles 32. that help you a little bit? Hallelujah. Can I start? Let me start at verse in chapter 31. Let me start in 31. And I'm going to start at verse 20. 31 20. Because the next chapter starts with after these. So I'll, let me go back a little bit. Verse 20 of 
31. See it? It says, Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did with all his heart. So he did what? Prospered. All right, now go to chapter 32, please. 32. I'll pick up at verse uh, 1. It says, After these deeds of faithfulness, so now we know what the deeds of faithfulness were. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. He encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs, which were outside the city, and they helped him. Thus many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? And he strengthened himself, built up the wall, sorry, built up all the wall that was broken, raised it up with raised it up to the towers, and built another wall outside. Also he repaired the, the Milo in the city of David and made weapons and shields in abundance. Then he set military captains over the people, gathered them together to him in the open square of the city, and gave them encouragement, saying, now watch this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. Now, numerically, he's not telling the truth. He is outmanned. But he's not outnumbered. Look at verse 8. Here it is. This is where I want to finish. With him, this is why we shouldn't be afraid, he says. With him, is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us, come on, and to fight our battles. So it doesn't matter how much the enemy has on his side. No matter how many people may rise up against you, with them is the arm of flesh, but with you is the Lord our God. To help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Why were they strengthened? Because they realized, wait a minute. Yeah, he got this flesh with him. But there's more with us. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, can I read something else? Y'all sure? First Samuel 17. First Samuel 17. This is all the Baker's chapter right here. 1 Samuel 17. Hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 my. Look at this. Verse um, 40. Then he, David, took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and, it, and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. The man, bore, man who bore the shield went before him and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. 
So, da- so Goliath is looking down on David because David by the flesh looks like he's our man. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh of the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with all your flesh weapons, with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But my confidence is not in the flesh. My confidence is not in my armor. My confidence is not in my my experience. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. This day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp, the Philistines of the birds of the air, so and so forth. I'm going to finish you off and all your little friends. Because my confidence is not in the flesh. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But we will believe the name of the Lord our God. See, God doesn't want you and me ever putting our confidence in the flesh, in what we have, in our money, in our expertise, in the things that we, that we think will work for us. He wants us to step over into the supernatural. That's why God's got us fasting all this year. To be spiritual and not carnal. To be mature sons and not babies. So we can step over into this supernatural way of operating so that we'll we'll put no confidence in the flesh and no flesh will glory in his presence. See? See? But you got to step over. You got to step over. God, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep trusting this flesh. Thank God for what I have. I mean, money is a defense. And wisdom is a defense. But the Bible says that the knowledge, the, the advantage of knowledge or wisdom is that it it gives life to its owners. See, money is good. It's a defense, but wisdom is a better defense. See, that's not confidence in the flesh stuff, y'all. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. The Bible says all flesh is grass. Am I right about it? And the grass withers, and the flower fades away. But the word of our Lord will endure forever. It'll stand forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you got to just 
just like we did last week, is constantly evaluate your life to see where and how you're leaning on the flesh. And admit it. And then humble yourself in the mighty hand of God. Let me exalt you in due time. How do you humble yourself? Cast all your cares upon him, he says, because he cares for you. That's how it works. That's how it works. As long as you and I put confidence in the flesh, we, we stop God from operating on our behalf. Do you hear me? We, we keep God from, from being involved. And here's the thing. Your flesh can only do so much. And I'm just, when I say your flesh, I don't just mean your flesh. I mean the flesh. That means you, you can get all the flesh people you know around you to help you out. They're only going to do so much. And when other flesh get tired of you, they're going to drop you anyway. So rather than lean on other people's flesh or your own flesh, we just saying learn how to lean and depend on Jesus. I found out if I trust him, he will provide. Hallelujah. Father, I pray right now that each and every one of these, your precious people, those that are here, those that are listening online, that God, that we really understand throughout these three messages the importance of turning away from the flesh, where we've leaned on the flesh and put our trust in what we could do or what man could do for us. We put our trust in princes. We put our trust in governments. We put our trust in money. We put our trust in all these things that fail. And God, they've, they've gotten us nowhere. In fact, every time we think we've gotten somewhere, things end up going backwards. But Lord, with you, there's always forward and only forward progress. With you, there's only victory. With you, there's only success. And so, Father, tonight I'm asking that each and every one of these, your people, myself included, that as we evaluate our lives, we, we, we put the flesh to rest. We give it a proper burial. All of our own ideas, we give them a proper burial. All of our own plans, we give them a proper burial. Everything that we've been proud of of ourselves, and taking pride in for ourselves, we give it a burial. We crucify this flesh daily. Every time it tries to rise up, we crucify it. Hallelujah. We present these bodies, this flesh nature, as a living sacrifice. God, so we don't let it rise up and dominate our lives any longer. 
I ask you, Father, tonight that you'd help us as you search our hearts and you try us and you know us, Lord. If there's anything in us where we're not pleasing you because we're operating in the flesh, your words is the flesh cannot please you. So, Father, help us to see that and get those things eradicated and straightened out right away. I pray for those tonight who are in uh, some sort of physical battle, some long-running sickness, some long-running disease, some long-running condition, some attack from the enemy. I pray even now, Father, that God, your divine power would touch their bodies. God, I release healing in this place even now in the name of Jesus. I release healing power, healing anointing in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Touch, heal, and deliver right now in the name of Jesus. We command every organ, every muscle, all tissue, all blood vessels, all blood cells to function perfectly in the name of Jesus. We bind every disorder. We bind every disease. We lose the anointing. The spirit of life right now. The life that comes from you. God, your word says you're the giver of life, breath, and all things. We take authority over every breathing condition. Asthma, bronchitis, residual effects of COVID or anything else. Emphysema. Any residual effects from smoking in the past? All asthma, any kind of condition like that, Father. We take authority over it right now. All breathing is clear. Lungs are strong. In the name of Jesus. Everything that's attacking the breathing, attacking the lungs, we curse it now. All nasal passages, clear. No more stuffiness. No more stuffiness. No more nasal congestion. You're the giver of breath. We curse that to its root right now in the name of Jesus. We speak total healing. In the name of Jesus. God, we speak tonight that your people will walk out that healing and give no occasion to the flesh. Don't give the flesh a chance to tell it, to tell us what to do, how to react how to respond, how to walk, how to sleep. We cancel the assignment of the enemy against our bodies. Thank you, Father. Your people are whole and strong and healthy. We take authority over high blood pressure, diabetes. We take authority over fibromyalgia, Lupus, hepatitis. We take authority over every sickness and disease right now. In the name of Jesus. I command you to be loose. I command you to be healed. 
Jesus. By the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, we call it done. Thank you, Father, for a supernatural and a quick turnaround. Thank you, Lord. 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 We believe to see the change and we believe to hear the testimonies quickly coming to us. We thank you that it's so. We give you the praise, the glory and the honor we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a big praise tonight.